This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. New message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat. When are we set in sail, Captain? <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Today you've got myself, I'm joined by my regular co-host Mickey. Hello mate, you alright? I'm good Mickey, thanks very much. Uh, obviously we recorded this on the Friday just before the game on Saturday where we have our little trip up to the New York City Stadium, Rotherham United. So Mickey, expecting an interesting one tomorrow? I think we spoke about it briefly with Kyle the other night but looking forward to it. Yeah, I think you know we ain't had the best of luck out there but I reckon... Uh... I reckon with the new setup and everything else, I think we've uh, we stand quite a good chance, really. Um, so I'm quite confident going in tomorrow. I think we'll uh, we'll get a result. Uh, my prediction for tomorrow, I reckon, will be two-one Millwall. You beat me to my next question. I think I'm like you, mate. I really am hopeful for tomorrow. 
I think it's, it's important as well, especially after getting the draw the other day, like we spoke with Carl about, it's time to throw that draw of a win. And I think we will. I think we're going to get Mahoney back in the side. I feel like he's going to come in and make a difference. And hopefully we can kind of capitalise on rather than being new to the division, hopefully get the win. I think I'm going to be a bit more confident. I'm going to go 2-0 Millwall. I reckon we'll create chances, be unlucky not to score more. And fingers crossed we get the win. Um, it'd be an interesting game. I think, Mickey, you spoke to someone the other day from the other side, didn't you? Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, I spoke, I spoke to Matt from uh, the Rotherham podcast um, and uh, just really asked him about, you know, how their season's been, uh, obviously bouncing straight back up um, and, and pretty much you know, how they got on, really, um, what their players, who the ones to watch, how they feel it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, not not massive amounts of technical questions, but just really find a little bit about Rotherham, really, and uh, and got his predictions. OK, I think we're going to listen to that right now. So we'll put that into you so you guys can hear that. We're lucky enough to have Matt from the Rotherham United podcast. I think I've got his, his podcast name right. Um which is obviously all about Rotherham. So, uh, welcome to the show, Matt. Good evening. Cheers, Rotherham. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. You'll have to speak slowly because I don't have my translator with me, all right? <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, how's, your, uh, how's your season stroke through the COVID? How's it been going? Well, yeah, we've, we've got promoted, thankfully, uh, at the end of last season. Straight back up, wasn't it? Straight back up, yeah. Yeah, we had a, we had a really, really good season. Um, we obviously we we ended up going well, by points per game, but we were all very confident we'd have gone up anyway. Okay, we built it. Warren has built Paul Warren's manager has built a really really good squad of young players who wanted to be at the club and want to progress. Uh, and they had a really really good season. Thankfully, got promoted. Um, a good summer kept all his best players. We've not I don't think we've got rid of anybody yet, and we've managed to bring in I think up to eight signs now. Um, and the first game Saturday last week is Wickham. Very, very late win, the 92nd minute winner. Uh, so, get the season off the winning start was a dream start for us, really. That was a, a bit of a, a a match what you probably didn't really want. You two both coming up, and then literally the first game was um, between each other, which obviously isn't what you really want on opening day, is it? No, it adds a bit of pressure because we both probably expected to be down there, particularly Wickham. Obviously, we'd never been at this level before. It, there were pressure on us, obviously, but we, we were the away team, so that you know, takes it off a little bit. Um, but to get a, a, a win all, again ahead of our probably direct rivals so early on the season is very, very good. But like I say, it would have had a, it had a lot of pressure on to start with. So, obviously, coming straight up um, on obviously a disastrous season, the season before coming down, um, are you confident this year in the championship, or where do you think you, you, you just hope to stay in there? Uh, well, first, yeah, if you offered me 21st, I'd take it, take it right now, just staying up. Uh, but last time we went down by, I think, four points, something like that. We weren't a massive gap. So, we, and we think, we think we've think we come on. We've sold two or three players from that season and we've kept basically everybody else and then improved a little bit more. And the players that were here then are now better than they were, obviously, two years ago. We, we really have improved the players that are here and then we've moved on as well. There's a growing a new system of bringing players in, you know, new criteria for bringing players in. They've got to be a young, hungry type of player. And so far, it's working an absolute treat, whether they're playing with us very well and getting us promoted. Or last time we sold over £6 million worth of players when we got relegated. So we're making money to try and invest in 
bringing in similar players and that's the system we're aiming towards. It's working quite well so far. Do you have a good youth system set up at the minute then? or? It's so, so. We've got uh, one youth kid that's come through at the minute, Ben Wiles, who is, this will be his second full season at first team level. And if you listen to the, the you know team players around him, they think he can go to the very top. They, they think he's fantastic. Because um, as a kid, we're only seeing bits and pieces of him. And hopefully there's more to come. We've got a couple of players out on loan to League Two teams now. So the youth system is coming along. Uh, and I think that is the long-term aim to get like a, you know, an under-23s type team. And if we haven't got one at the minute, I think that's the aim long-term to rely on youth a bit more than we have been. So your team's pretty much a, it's a, it's a working-class team in the middle of the community, isn't it? I mean, travelling there as an away fan, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a shithole to go to to a degree. But it's um, most football fans, if I'm honest, don't mind going there. It's, it's a good atmosphere up there, isn't it? Yeah, well, thankfully we've got this new stadium, what, 2012 we moved in. And like so the area, we don't, you know, like the so working class area is a typical northern working class area town. Um, but they've built this stadium in a way it always tends to be a good atmosphere. It's a real shame that Saturday's game is behind closed doors because the first home game of the season, having yeah. this room from would have been a fantastic atmosphere. We've got that it's obviously behind closed doors. But yeah, it's, we, we can't wait to get back in because this new stadium, we, we love it and the atmosphere can get fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's the you know we're we're going to some players now, but the the whole COVID setup at the minute is um is just a nightmare. I mean, obviously, especially up north at the moment, it seems to be um we're being watched through the doorway. There um <laughs> we we seem to have a, a whole you know north seems to be getting affected really badly, especially obviously um, Manchester, Liverpool, Bolton round there, uh, and for for whatever known reason, but. It amazes um, us, especially down here, that you can go on the tube, you can go on public transport, you can go on a train, you can catch a bus, you can, you can pretty much go to a pub full of people, restaurants full of people, but you can't go to a football stadium, what's outside, and actually invest money in your community where, let's not lie, these clubs are banging the shit. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for the owners putting money into it, I think, you know, okay, we lost Macclesfield town today, but there's a strong chance there's going to be plenty more teams on that slippery slope. Yeah, we, we exactly, I completely agree. Our chairman's talked about it a lot. He, he reckons there's going to be up, up, up to 20 clubs in administration if we don't get fans in by Christmas. I say it's, it's a real, really, we're lucky that we've got a chairman who can put a bit of money in when needed, but there's a lot of clubs in League One and Two that, might not come out of this, like Macclesfield, unfortunately. Well, I totally agree with you. I mean, I've spoken to a couple of people within football, senior level um, within football today, and, and you know, you sort of knew what it was. But the thing what's got me is that the EFL and the Premier League have so much to answer for. It's, you know, these clubs are banging the shit. And organisations like EFL, you know, Premier League... They should be doing more to get fans back in the ground. Your um, eye following, like, is it the first season you got eye followed? Did you have it last season? Uh, we had it for midweek games last last season. Uh, it seems, seems pretty good. You know, obviously not it's not ideal, but coverage is pretty good. You know, the media team we've got at Rotherham are really really good. They put a lot of effort and work into it, uh, so we're pretty lucky from that sense. I suppose it's good now that the EFL have obviously said that all clubs get that money now, so you can mm. you can pretty much invest in your team. 
and give them money um, through watching it. But again, the trouble is with football, because of Sky, loads of people now use IPTV. Yeah, well, exactly. Because because of Sky and BT, if you if you want to watch Premier League football and watch it all, what, you're paying like 60 quid a month just in sports fees. And I, can, I, can, I completely see why people are going to things like IPTV and things like that. Obviously, a lot of cl- a lot of, uh, lot of those have I follow on anyway. So it's although it's good that the clubs are getting that money from them, there's a lot of people that probably just bypass paying the ten pounds and just go straight to the, the dodgy boxes or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I see that, and I, and I know that it makes you quite hypocritical to say, oh, you know, you should be putting money in your club and all of this lot. But I don't know. I mean. I think it's just football as a whole. People will always moan about something. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, fans with season tickets, fans without the way they do stuff. I mean, is there any talk with Rotherham of when you, you are getting to be able to go see a live game? Or is it still I'm an R in yet? I mean, are you a season ticket holder or you yeah, just yeah, pay as you go? Or? Uh, the, the talk, uh, there's nothing confirmed, but there's rumours our next home game will be a, one of the trial games, nearly 1,000 in. Okay. It helps us that around here we're one of the few new stadiums. And we've got we got Wednesday around here, the United around here. They're like all stadiums, so the in and out exit strategy is not very good. So we're lucky yeah. that if there is going to be a game around here, the chances are that we've we've got a really good shot at it. Obviously not this weekend, but the October first week in October. There's, there's Which is good. I mean, we're trying to get trials. I mean, they've built. Um, I think they've built temperature temperature checkpoints and. You know, wooden turnstiles in the car park at the moment, and I don't think anyone's really trying harder than what we are at the moment. But the problem mm-hmm. is, I don't think um, the establishment, the police, the MPs, I think they look at football fans like, um, you, you know, the naughty members of society. You know, they're not trusted. So, you know, we don't really want them together. When actually, I think that if you treat football fans with respect, they will they will give you that respect back. But if you treat them like animals, then they're going to play up. Yeah, no, they are exactly. And it's it's it, they're, they're, football fans are the last people that are thought of uh, when it comes to football. We're the bottom of the list. The good thing about COVID is it's it's woken up everybody to realise actually fans are quite important. With games that are on television, no fans, there's there's something lost in the, in the in the game when the fans aren't there. And hopefully, this is a massive wake up call to everybody. So right, we need to make sure in future they are important. But like I said, there's not a great deal of effort been put towards getting fans in the stadium quick enough. Especially when you look at Germany and France. I saw a picture from Germany the other day, it like the stadium were full. It looked fantastic. Yep. And then we're yep. still- I mean, we ask our listenership, our fan base is what we can get to, um, through Twitter, through through these platforms, to write to your MP. Ask them, you know, why can't fans go back to grounds? What are you doing to get fans back? Because if clubs fold it's all the local businesses in the area. It's it's everything on the knock-on effect from it. And the problem is that clubs going under means nothing to the FA. Clubs going under to us means the world. The FA couldn't give a shit. They never do. Mm. Um, you know, realistically, what they should, if we can't get fans in and we want to get more money to the clubs, then why don't they subsidise I follow? They subsidise it for people who don't live in England. Mm. But why don't they subsidise it and say, actually, rather than a tenner, it's a fiver? Because most people spend, I don't know about up north, but definitely down south, most people spend that on a, on a cup of coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So fiver to watch a match and it all goes to the club. Mm. Surely, you know, having four or 5,000 people watching is better than having 1,000, 2,000 watching. Yeah. 
No, it is. You think that would make sense to the people who run iFollow, but it, it seems iFollow is as much as either, you know it varies from club to club, but the actual thought behind it, it just seems a bit of a coincidence that now COVID's come in, they can use it. I don't think it was well thought because it was only really for non-English people. There weren't much thought and money put into it initially, and now we're sort of you know paying for it a little bit in that sense. Uh, if you make it cheaper, people will pay it, but they don't see it like that. It just doesn't seem to come into their thinking, that kind of thing. This is the price, this is the price, that's it. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. So, look, back to the football. Who's your players we need to... Who's the players that we should be uh, looking out for that could possibly cause us some trouble? Um, as attacking players, we've got a couple. Uh, Matt Crooks is probably our star player going forward. He had a poor game at the weekend. Uh, but he's the sort of attacking midfielder. He he's the key behind linking the midfield and striker. So when he doesn't play well, if you can take that him out of the game, we've looked very blunt going forward when he's not there. Um, we've got we've got strikers that can score goals. Fairly Depot scored 15 last year, 14 last year. Sorry, uh, he's a, he's a really good finisher, but his all-round game needs he needs other people to bring him into the game. And Crooks is. Is the he's been linked with a few different players, a few different clubs in Championship for a reasonable money. So if we lose him, we, we might struggle. But at the minute, he's our key man. Uh, in defence, we've got Michael Hickley, who was for us the best defender in League One last year. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding. He, he came, he signed him a few years ago, and he was okay. And he had a couple of really bad games. So we sent him out on loan to Accrington, and he's come back, and he's just a completely different player. He's just. He's just, he is the best defender in last last year for us. Um, we'll be, at the end of the season, we'll be lucky to keep hold of him. He, he is a fantastic player. I won't surprise me if he's in Premier League in a few years' time. Um, that's, yeah, there, there are three main players, Crooks, Fred, Fred Lodepo and Hickory. There are what, what's, what's the formation where you normally play? It varies. So last week we played a 4-5-1. Um, with, with, last week it was Crooks behind Lodepo and it didn't work out very well. We we look we look very slow going forward. We changed it earlier on in the, third, in the second half to a four four two, and we looked much better. We went more direct, put up to the big man to knock down, and we looked a lot lot better. One one does like a four five one at this level, but I think mm. we probably improved from last time. So I think, and we've signed a second. We signed a fourth striker today. We signed, signed George Hurst on loan from Leicester, who was another striker. We found we found up four strikers in a three, so I don't know if that'll change his thinking. To a four-four-two. We, 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 when we recorded last one, we we all talking all about formations at the minute. We we don't quite know which way we're going to line up at the minute, which is quite interesting, quite exciting, um, very unpredictable at the minute. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been unpredictable with us. We, we we've been playing different different positions. I mean, you know, traditionally when we had Harris, it was always four-four-two or mm. um, or hoofball you know, hoofball, kick it up and, and hope someone can get on it. As in, um, Gary Rowley's playing, you know, you know, five three, five three two, and you know, it, it's it's all different um positions, you know, different formations, um, and finding what's worth. But you know, he's he's through the last season when he was here through the Empire last season when he took over, we we seemed to do fairly well um away from home. Um but, you know, Rotherham We've always had a bit of a bit of trouble with Rotherham sometimes, so um, they've always sort of been a bit of a bogey team to a degree. Um, but yeah, so moving on to that, what's your prediction? Um, we predicted a two-one win. It's, it's going to be a really, really tight and probably a physical game. We like to get down and dirty. That, that's the sort of team we are. 
if it gets down physical, we, we, we are pretty good at that. Strong, strong tackle, strong players. It's a home game, first home game of the season. Obviously, we're hoping the home form. Last time we were up here, we won one away game all season. So, it's home form was was massive for us. And I think that's going to be the same again this season. Obviously, like, like you said, then we've got a decent record against Millwall, unfortunately. Um, won, I think we won the last three or something like that, or unbeaten four, something like that. So, hopefully, if we can... Uh, keep that run going. So if we win with six points out of six and it looks really good for us, just having I mean, just come up. Uh, but, yeah, I mean we're we're looking at ideally we think we, we should get a win. Um we should get a win pure and simply because then four points out of the two games we played so far is a fair result. Mm. I think if we lose um and we only get a point from when we played Stoke, I think that would be pretty frowned upon. Because we were good against Stoke. It was just mm. I think the same formation um, was knocking each other out and it was, you know, causing dead heats in the middle. But hopefully we should uh, we should be able to turn the tide. So you're going to 2-1 win and uh, and I, I think I think probably about the same, but the other way around, to yeah. be fair. 2-0, 2-1, I think Millwall. Um, we're coming on quite strong at the minute. Um, our, our keeper can keep, our, our defence is, is pretty strong. Um, we can pretty much cut out a lot of stuff in a minute. So, and Bart, Bart's, you know, Golden Glove winner from last year. So um, I've got all the faith in the world in him. So, um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's a joy. So, so come Monday, there'll be banter on Twitter whether or not we've bun, done you. But actually, it'll probably be our five on Saturday afternoon, really. But um, so yeah, we'll see one way or another. So, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, before we end, is there any final thoughts that you want to? Um, say or or you want to um, anything else you want to say about what you're looking forward to or, or not? Yeah, well, just said that not having loads of Millwall fans turn up in Rotherham, I suppose, is a, <laughs> yeah. is a plus plus for you and and South Yorkshire constabulary as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they'll be very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, on on Rowett, he's got our number a little bit. When he, when he were at Birmingham, the, we always struggled when he were in charge. And we our, our way of playing is very similar, so that, that is a bit of a worry from our, from our point of view. But new season, we've also got new players. He's got a new team now, obviously. He's done this job like it's the last season, so it should be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. It's an interesting game. It might not be a classic, you know, two teams playing wonderful football, but it'll be a really interesting watch. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. We're quite established in the Championship now. You're coming back into it. Mm-hmm. And I think possibly the season you've got in the Championship has got a lot harder. You know, it's a lot more physical, um, and it's a lot more, a lot more pace in there. But I don't know. We'll wait and see how it goes on Saturday, and then come what you know, five r five on on Saturday evening. We will um, we will know who who has the rights, and no doubt the other one will abuse the other one, and we will take <laughs> it like men and give you dog shit abuse back. So, <laughs> so yeah. Well, look, Matt. Thanks very much for your time. Um, thanks for giving us a a little bit of a lowdown on the opposition. Thanks very much for your time, Matt. Um, spot on. And uh, hopefully you get a loss and we get a win. So, yeah, I see Matt had quite a thing. I mean, he he, he, uh, he mentioned, obviously, that, you know, the seven new signings this season. And obviously uh, he's talking about, you know, some of the young players coming in. Uh, one, I think he said, was from his academy. So uh, he seems pretty confident that he's, uh, he's going to beat us. So, doesn't he? Bless him. 
Yeah, I think, like I said the other day when we were speaking to Kyle, like, you know, I think Rotherham would be thinking they're Wickham on the weekend, they've got to win. They probably would have been looking at the opening couple of fixtures and thought, we're playing the team we've got to promote with and then we're playing Millwall at home. I think they've been quite lucky against us in recent years, got wins in them games. So I think they probably would have been looking at it going, you know what, we can get six points here, kind of consolidate ourselves in division and get off to a good start. I hope we burst their bubble. I hope we come out triumphant and kind of put it back to them, to be honest. But it's not going to be easy. I mean, like I said, I think Mahoney will probably be in on Saturday. Do you agree with that one, mate? I agree with you. I think um, this morning, I think it was in the, in the Summit News yesterday, uh, well, I don't know if you catch it, mate, but he's saying how he even himself, this is like his big season now and it's time to make an impact or kind of Peter away, so to speak. I think he sees it himself. We see it as fans. So it's interesting that he was quite open about it, saying last season was up and down. He felt he got going and obviously lockdown happened and then he tried again towards the end of lockdown with obviously the games we had. But he's quite clear that he wants to make an impact this season. So it can only be a good vibe for us, right? Definitely. I, I, we've spoken about it a couple of times now that it's, we think it's definitely his make or break season. You know, if he doesn't do something this season, then, you know, he's probably not necessarily going to look at getting a break. But if he if he uh, pulls himself together and actually, you know, makes an advance on what he's capable of, um, his future is definitely bright. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, mate. I think probably looking back to the team news from midweek, obviously we made seven changes. I think if we look back to the Saturday's team, I reckon probably Pierce will be back in at centre-half, which, I mean, I think Robin's a bit more of a physical side, so I can kind of see the logic of Pierce being in the middle of Cooper and Hutchinson. Do you agree with that one? Yeah, definitely, 100%. I think obviously Romeo hopefully might be getting a 90 minutes under his belt Saturday, which is important for us. Malone comes back in on the left, I'm hoping for. So you've got two fullbacks bobbing on, which should hopefully be to our advantage with Woods obviously getting his first league game of season in the middle. And then who would you play next to Woods, mate? I mean, it's a hard one. You've got Williams, you've got Thompson, obviously. I mean, Leonard's obviously scoring goals. So, I mean, we said it the other night, but probably Leonard, right? Yeah, it's got to be Leonard because he played well. He played well on... On um, on Tuesday, didn't he? So, you know, realistically, I think you've got to give him a shout because he, if he gets an opportunity, he's gonna he's gonna take it in and shoot and hopefully, you know, score. So I reckon I reckon we've got to put him in there just to see um, whether or not we can get some consistency out of him. Yeah, he offers something different to the others, and he obviously has that end product in, in front of goal. So, I mean, he got one of, I think, he got two in pre-season. He's got one, obviously, the other night. So, hopefully, he can carry that into the Saturday's game. I've not seen much about Parrot, whether he's going to be available or not, mate. I don't think he will be by well, the sounds read, of it. So, no, I don't think he's going to be available. But I did read that he's um, he's potentially coming back to training today. So, yeah. um, hopefully, uh, if the training goes and he gets some training under his belt then uh, he might be back for, for next week we might see him in the cup game against Burnley mate that'd be interesting we know we said about we went Burnley I think if we, if we win that tie we've got a little small matter of Man City potentially coming to town I think the Premiership one so we'll be on telly as well won't they fingers crossed hopefully with a bit of luck we get chosen to TV I've seen Luton has been chosen for TV hasn't it? yeah saw that one it's later in the month isn't it midweek I think yeah so, so um, yeah that's all good so, As yeah, for I mean, where, uh, like we said, we expect Mahoney to come back in, but I think it'd be Mahoney, probably Jeds, and maybe Matt Smith, maybe. Do you reckon? Or yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think um, I think Jed will end up probably not playing as many games as he did last season, just purely so that we've got him fresh on games when we need him. Yeah, uh, because now we've got the we've got the rotation with players that we don't have to play him every game now. Definitely. I think it's also more kind of, you know, we can look after him, like you said, put him in cotton wool when we need to and hopefully get the best out of him. So, yeah, I'm excited, mate. I'm hoping for the best Saturday. Um, you got anything else to add, mate? Say that again, fella. 
You got anything else you want to add on to that? Yeah, well, the only thing I'll add before we go is that, look, I just think that football fans who listen to this, we need to start questioning the MPs and whatnot, why football isn't going ahead. We saw the report what, yesterday in the evening standard from Steve Kavanagh saying the club's losing, I can't remember if it was a million pound a month, a million pound a week, whatever it is, it's hemorrhaging money. And that's obviously across the load, across the, the whole leagues. Um, but you look into the smaller clubs and obviously League One, League Two, I mean, I've been speaking to a few people and they reckon potentially there could be 20 clubs in the administration by Christmas. Speaking to other people within football, they're... Their their concerns are pretty much that nearly every football club should be in in administration now if it wasn't for the owners. So I think you know, look at our show notes. Um, hopefully it, it it will be there or, or definitely on our next show there will be a copy and paste um, note and there'll be a link to where you can just click on the link and it will take you to a website where you put in your postcode, find your MP. Send an email. Football fans as a whole, allegedly, when, when I've done AMS battle, we, we figured out that there was something like 47 million football fans who watch football one way or another every weekend. So that's nearly half the country. If all of those people start hounding people, um, you know, potentially we've got a massive lobbying power, what's there, what we, we can, you know, use. And I think our clubs are banging trouble. If we don't do something... Whatever it is, little, big, small, whatever we do, I think, you know, we'd be fucked if they weren't now. Um, and I know we love to slag them off and say, you know, yeah, this too much, this beer and all that. But they were the first businesses to be closed and they're still not open. Yet I can go to Weatherspoons for a pint and sit with strangers. I can go get on a tube. I can go get on a train. I can do all of that shit. But I can't go watch a football game where they've got all my details it will be, you know, fully safe. I mean, look at Steve. I mean, I've not seen it. I don't think you have either. But allegedly, Steve's saying that Millwall's got a 120-page document about procedures and whatnot around COVID and the club and everything else. And you just think common sense needs to fucking take on it, doesn't it? It just yeah, literally needs uh, common sense. Let's move forward. So, look, I think it's... If you're listening to this and you're not a Millwall fan and you're another podcast, get in touch. We posted a message earlier asking for podcasts to get in touch. I think this message needs to go across all platforms and start hounding MPs. Why aren't more MPs asking questions in the House of Commons? Why aren't more MPs going down and visiting their, their clubs, putting pressure with the media on, you know, on government, on clubs, getting clubs in, exposure, everything else? Because if you don't, then we ain't going to have clubs to support in years to come. They're just going to be financially ruined purely because of the fact that they can't be opened um, for, you know, whatever reason. It's probably because we're not trusted as football fans, but yeah, rant over. No, I agree with you, mate. You said that. Yes, you said everything spot on there. I think you mentioned uh, Steve and what they tried to do at the club. I think there was a nice little interview went out the week before last where he was just, I think, 15, 16 minutes uncut with him and Billy and he was just chatting. So if you haven't seen that already, I'd probably urge you not to go and have a listen to that because kind of he was echoing exactly what you said there. You can go to the pub and have a drink, not really be forced to do a track and trace form but you can't open a football ground that's all looks like legislating and everyone's trying to force the rules on them so I agree with you mate and I urge everyone like you said to click on our channel pages and get hold of that email copy and paste it send it to any MP local to you and we'll get it going I think 
Well, the, the link that will be on there is basically a website where you can contact your, your local councillors, your local MP. You put in your postcode and it basically gives you all the details. All you need to do is click on your MP. That will then take you to a, 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 another link where you literally copy and paste the information into that email and then below you just add your contact detail because obviously you got it when it goes to an MP. Make sure you contact the MP for you. And then look, if we can get, you know, a couple of thousand fans emailing or, or you know, people who listen to this and whatnot, just email your local MPs, Lewisham, wherever, Kent, you know, London, wherever. All of a sudden, these people will not like the fact that we start emailing them and start putting up their, you know, in their inbox. Because if we don't do something, we're going to lose the clubs what we fucking love and cherish, pure and simply because the government's screwing them over. And we already know they fucking, we already know the government hates football fans as a whole anyway. So, you know, it, it, we need to call to action. So, Millwall Podcast is saying, you need to do a little bit of work, mate. Just click the link, copy and paste. Couldn't make it any more simpler for you. Now on the head there, mate. I've, I've got nothing else to add there. I think that's spot on. I think it's it. So, um, I've got nothing else I think I'd like to add to that. So, uh, have you, Omar? No, all good, mate. I think we've kind of run our course. Just a short little preview for everyone there. Hopefully you're giving a little listen Saturday morning when you're getting ready for the game Saturday afternoon. Uh, obviously check us out on our socials, That Mill Pod on Twitter. Drop us an email, thatmillpodcast at gmail.com. Roll on tomorrow. Fingers crossed we get three points and we'll see you guys next week. Come on, we all. So get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Do I want to feel the wind in my hair? Guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's ride on your boat. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.